Shalom, and welcome to the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations weekly Torah commentary series. I'm Michael Hillel from Havarat Adonai Shama in Netanya, Israel. This week we're discussing Parshat Bahalotecha. Our text begins in Numbers chapter 8. From the time I left the bus that muggy, dark evening on the 6th of August, 1972, I learned the discipline of following orders immediately. I should mention that the bus dropped me and the rest of the passengers in a debarkation area at the Recruit Training Depot, Paris Island, South Carolina. So, from the moment we stepped off the bus and onto the tarmac, we learned that when an order was given, we had to do everything we could to obey it. Whether that order made any sense or not did not matter in the slightest. We also learned fairly quickly that the time to do said orders was immediately and without hesitation, unless it was a time-related order like, you'll be ready to go in exactly 15 minutes. This learning process continued for the next three months of basic training and then carried on for the next 12 years as I served on active duty in the United States Marine Corps. What does this trip down memory lane have to do with this week's Parsha, you may ask? Hopefully, it will become clear soon. This week's Parsha is Behelotecha, when you set up. There are numerous items covered in this Parsha, but I want to focus on Numbers 9, 15 through 23, which begins, On the day the tabernacle was erected, the cloud covered the tabernacle. By evening until morning, the cloud above the tent of testimony had an appearance like fire. It was that way continually. The cloud covered it, and by night it appeared like fire. 9, 15, and 16. This is reminiscent of the scene in Exodus 40, when the setup of the tabernacle was completed and it had been consecrated. So Moses finished the work, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle. For the cloud of Adonai was on the tabernacle by day, and a fire was there by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys. That's Exodus 40, 33 and 34, and verse 38. One can but imagine the sight this was in the very middle of the camp, and ringed by the tribe of Levi who had charge of the tabernacle, was the visible presence of Adonai, surrounded by the rest of the Israelites as well as by the myriads of those who accompanied them in the Exodus. The presence appeared as a cloud by day or a pillar of fire by night, and was seen 24-7 in the midst of B'nai Israel, the people of Israel. Now comes the connection with my little trip down memory lane. Whenever the cloud lifted up above the tent, then B'nai Israel would set out, and at the place where the cloud settled, there B'nai Israel would camp. At the mouth of Adonai, B'nai Israel would set out, and at the mouth of Adonai they would encamp. 
All the days the cloud remained over the tabernacle, they would remain in the camp. Numbers 9, 17, and 18. It appears that B'nai Israel moved not at their own initiative, but at the command of Adonai, or Hashem. The passage goes on to state that at times the camp would remain in place for many days, at other times for just a few days, and on occasion just overnight. In the word Bible commentary on numbers, Philip J. Budd rightly agrees with most other biblical commentators that, while Israel's history was rife with episodes of obedience and disobedience, in the matter of the tabernacle in the wilderness, they at least stayed on track. Equally, Israel's obedience to move or not to move showed a dependence upon Hashem's right and even responsibility to guide Israel through the trials of the wilderness. I believe Bud's most important observation, however, is that, quote, the movement of God symbolized by the cloud, and God's times may not always be subject to rational explanation. Man's, Israel's as well as our own, commitment to follow is to follow in faith. But as Israel discovered, following Hashem by faith was not always an easy journey. If any of you have ever gone camping, remember how long it took to set up your camp for the evening, or maybe for the weekend, or even an extended camp out? Now multiply that by 603,550, Numbers 146, plus wives, children, Levites, servants, livestock, etc. Finally, consider that if you were in that crowd of 600,000 plus setting up camp, you had no idea if this was going to be an overnighter or if you might be there for a year or even more. With this in mind, the author of Hebrews becomes even more meaningful when he states, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of realities not seen. Hebrews 11.1 1. When walking by faith, we are not guaranteed the knowledge of the what's and the why's of our walk. Like Israel, we may not know how long the walk will be or its various stops or detours. We can have our hopes and ideas, but in all things we must trust Hashem and His guidance as we walk out life's journey. In this life of chaos and confusion, we can hold on to the words from the psalmist, quote, For this God is our God forever and ever. He will guide us to the end. Psalms 48, 14. In this, we can have assurance that just as Hashem guided and directed B'nai Israel in the wilderness with all of the side trips and detours, He will guide us through the wildernesses of our lives. Likewise, just as B'nai in the wilderness, we too should walk by faith, not by sight. 
That's from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.7. This is Michael Hillel signing off and wishing you Shabbat Shalom. For more commentaries like this one, visit umjc.org forward slash commentaries.